Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station, a place to sit back and relax while waiting for your train to board. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. The goal here at the depot is to help you strengthen your own practice of leadership, no matter where you serve. Every episode will give you not only the background theory, but some practical tools that you can use right away. Great Ridge Station is a service of Great Ridge Group, LLC. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 1, Episode 21. Well, first, a few preliminaries. If you have questions that you would like us to answer here on Great Ridge Station, tweet us with the hashtag GRSQuestions, one word. We'll include as many as we can in upcoming episodes. And hey, follow me on Twitter, at LJ Helgerson. As we're nearing the end of Season 1, I want to ask you again, if Great Ridge Station is helpful to you, please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues, ask them to subscribe, give us some good recommendations, a comment. I'd really appreciate it. Now, where was I? In our last exciting episode, we looked at the ever-unpopular practice of micromanagement. This time, I want to give you a few different ways to think about your own leadership and some practical tools you can use to intentionally move beyond being a micromanager. Let me get us started with one of those biases that uh, you don't know you have. People tend to have a hardwired preference for a task orientation versus a people orientation. In other words, your natural tendency will be to either focus on getting the job done or keeping the people happy. Now, pay attention to this because I'm not going to repeat it. Okay, I, I might, but pay attention anyway. I'm not suggesting that you can't do both. What I'm suggesting, or insisting, is that when the pressure is on and you're being pushed to your limit, you will default to one or the other. So what does that look like? Well, if you're people-oriented, it means that when the pressure is on, your primary concern is to be be sure that the people are content, productive, and clear about where we're going. You want the job done right, but not at the cost of casualties in your department. Your primary focus is in making sure that your team is solid, healthy, and basically happy. And I can hear some of you right now thinking, I don't care if they're happy, we have a job to do. Well, if that sounds like you, you're probably task-oriented. And that means that when the pressure is on, you will work your team hard to get the job done. And it's only fair because you will work yourself even harder. You will do whatever it takes to complete the mission. You don't much care if they're happy. And there better not be anyone standing in the way of progress. So here's the bottom line. As I said, you're likely to tip one way or the other based on your hardwired preferences. Keep in mind, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with either approach. They both have upsides and they both have downsides. The downside of a people-oriented leadership style is that sometimes that approach can lead people to think that they have to be happy and the focus on getting stuff done can get lost. The pure version of this leadership preference cares too much about people and not enough about getting the job done. Now, I won't mention the fact that people tend not to respect a leader that doesn't know how to lead them to greatness. They might like you, but they won't respect you. They might hang out with you, but they won't really follow you. 
Now, if you have a task-oriented leadership style, your focus is on getting the job done. People are a necessary nuisance in that process. It's a job, for crying out loud. You're not supposed to enjoy it. Task-oriented leadership is the home turf for micromanagement. People just do their job, accomplishing the tasks, and if I have to tell them every move, I will, because it's got to get done. Now, the downside of a task-oriented leadership style is that sometimes people can feel devalued and to expect that they have to be miserable at work. The focus on doing meaningful work can get lost. The pure version of this leadership preference discounts people and cares too little about them and too much about getting the job done. Here again, people tend not to respect a leader that crushes them. They might respect you, but they will have a hard time working for you. They will leave because they don't want to follow you. Now, I'm not suggesting that you can't strike a balance. In fact, you need to strike a balance. You need to hit both of them. You can't ignore people for tasks, and you cannot ignore tasks for people. Now, I had one of my students ask me about this because studies indicate that task-oriented leaders are more effective at getting tasks done than people-oriented leaders. Okay, there are studies to this effect. Well, this led to a great question. If task orientation is more effective, why don't we just use that approach and not hire people who take a people-oriented leadership approach? Well, as I researched this topic, I think I finally got to the answer, at least I think. Task-oriented leadership is effective, but it's not sustainable. You have a hard time hiring good people, and your highest performers are not likely to stick around. Keep in mind that more effective is not always better. There's a fine balance between task and good work that's really up to you as a leader to sustain. Now that's probably easier said than done, but I do have some strategies that you can use to work this through. Now, just for background, what I'm doing here is integrating ideas that don't normally go together. In my academic geek world, this is called synthesis, and it's pretty high-level learning, so let me show you how this works. See, there's no specific connection between micromanagement and this idea of task versus people-oriented leadership. That's a connection that I made to help you to understand some of these concepts in more concrete terms. Now I'm bringing in some new information, and there's no direct connection with any of the ideas we've talked about so far, but I think you'll see how this can help you. These days, there's a lot of talk about transformational leadership. Now, I'm not going to go into great detail here, but I will give you enough to get the gears turning. Transformational leadership is all about empowering others to excel and helping them to understand the values behind the work. Why does my work matter? Now, a good transformational leader will make sure that you figure that out so that your reason for work is core to why you do your work. Okay, the problem, though, is that I cannot just work my transformational leadership magic on everyone and have them step up into the highest levels of commitment and productivity. Transformational leadership is a fantastic goal, but you can't just launch into it and expect everyone to be ready. You need to start with transformational leadership's evil twin. 
transactional leadership. Okay, I'm, I'm kidding about the evil twin thing, but too often these approaches of leadership are played against one another and in ways that are not particularly helpful. You see, transactional leadership is basically a direct if-then approach to leadership. If you do this good thing, then you will get this benefit. If you do this bad behavior, you will get this consequence. It's a very predictable input equals output approach. This happens, and these are the results. Now again, this is where micromanagement lives. People who use transactional leadership are sometimes made to feel inferior to those who take the higher path of transformational leadership. What a load of yard apple. I think this is the key, uh, something we need to dig into if we want to improve our practice. If you want to lead effectively, you need to grab onto all of these strategies and use them. I hate doing this, but I can probably explain this best using a parenting metaphor. If you have a little four-year-old son, you've probably told him many times not to go out into the road. But at the moment when he dashes out into the road between two cars, well, let's just point out that this is not the time for reasoning or philosophical discussion. Your adrenaline kicks in. And I've seen the most anti-spanking parents grab the offending child and give him a swat. When that happens, the parent experiences a mix of panic and relief, and the child experiences a lesson which will not soon be forgotten. Guess what? That was micromanagement. That was task orientation. That was transactional leadership. But was that the right thing to do? Absolutely, because you're trying to teach an underlying principle. You don't want your 16-year-old exhibiting those same behaviors. You want them to understand the principles so that when they are on their own, they understand what to do and what not to do. We do that in all sorts of areas of kids' lives. Now, when I think about it, there was a surprising amount of my consulting work that happened in the digital printing industry. That brought me into regular contact with a device called the guillotine. And yes, in the paper and printing world, that's how it's pronounced, guillotine. Now, there were small desktop units to monstrous production units. These are used for cutting blocks of paper, and all of them have a very sharp blade and safety devices to protect the operator. I worked with a guy who cut off three fingers because he had disabled the safety interlock. This is one of those areas where transformational leadership will not get you there. It did no good to empower him. He used his knowledge to bypass the safety procedures and not to do better work. See, this was clearly a job for transactional leadership, and that happened. We put out signs that said, basically, if you mess with the safety circuitry, you'll be fired. An effective use of coercive force. But that needed to happen. You see, it's easy for leadership theorists to say transformational leadership is wonderful, but in practice it may not be. To be willing to use transactional leadership and be willing to micromanage, but move people along. There are three things that, that uh, people need to know before you can really step away. First of all, they have to develop competence, confidence, and compliance. As they get better and better at what they do, yes, you can step away. If we couldn't, we'd never allow a 16-year-old to drive. Eventually, leaders can move people from the general principles 
to broader applications. They can understand why those principles are important and which values they serve. And once a person has fully grasped the values and the techniques, they can be trusted to make better decisions. You can't roll out transformational leadership for someone who is not ready to receive it. You have to move them slowly and deliberately in that direction. That is the role of a good leader. As the employee earns our trust and we earn theirs, they can be moved gradually along toward a leadership that focuses on the heart, the mission, and the vision of the organization. Not everyone gets all the way there. Some people will always need a little more direction. Some people will require a little more of your time and effort. And there's nothing wrong with them. Keep that in mind. But if you're going to lead effectively, you need to be able to lead people from those first steps to, well, as far as they can go. You can't always micromanage and you can't always abdicate your responsibility. That seems to me to be the two ends of the spectrum. Transactional leadership can feel like micromanagement and has a task orientation to it. Move people as far along toward transformational leadership as you can and focus on developing the whole person. Intentionally take on a people-oriented leadership style. But always remember, you need both. Not everyone is in one camp or the other, and as a leader, it's up to you to lead people from where they are to as far as they can get. That's one of the hard aspects of leadership because it never ends. But hey, you wanted to be a leader, right? This is an important part of what you signed up for. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. As the train boards and rolls on to its next destination, we hope you found your time here helpful. Consider what you've learned and what strategies and practices you can implement right now. If you have leadership questions that you'd like us to address, we'd love to hear from you, and you can find the questions link on our show page. We can't answer everything, but we'll watch for themes and big-picture questions and get to as many as we can. All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. Limited opportunities are available for supporting sponsorships. Contact information is available on our show page. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station. Bye-bye.